Hello and welcome to the Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, and I'm a functional medicine pharmacist in New York, as well as an integrative health coach and clinical herbalist. I'm pleased to go into season three of this podcast and continue to bring on other holistic-minded pharmacists and healthcare professionals to the show. I'm constantly inspired by my guests and their stories and love sharing their points of view with you all. Please enjoy the show. Hello, hello, dear listeners. I'm super excited to introduce today's guest at the Raw Fork podcast. She actually is the host of her own podcast called the Nourish and Shine podcast. So without further ado, Let me introduce you to Dr. Amy Cipolla, who is a certified wellness coach at Cipolla Integrative Wellness, passionate about working with women to achieve radiant health through a functional and integrative approach so that they can live whole, vibrant lives. She trained at the Institute for Functional Medicine and earned her Doctor of Pharmacy and a BS in Nutrition. She has also completed a two-year fellowship with honors in integrative medicine from the Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine. As a mother of two young children, avid gardener, passionate cook, and longtime yogi, Amy has an integrative approach to health and wellness, both personally and professionally. Her special interests and expertise include food as medicine, avoidance, and or appropriate discontinuation of meds, optimizing hormone balance, fertility, PCOS, balancing blood sugar, and type 2 diabetes, as well as rational use of vitamin, minerals, herbs, and supplements. As you can see, this lady here does it all, so I can't wait to dive deeper with her. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Raw Work Podcast. I have with me today, Dr. Amy Sapola. I should have asked you, how do you pronounce that? Sapola or Sapola? Sapola, you got it. <laughs> awesome. So she is a certified wellness coach and a functional and integrative pharmacist. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Likewise. Well, my, the pleasure is mine. So I'm glad you were able to um, make a virtual appearance in <laughs> time zones across the U.S. So uh, why don't you, in your own words, give us just a brief introduction about where you grew up and uh, how you came to be a pharmacist? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Canton, Ohio. Um, that's still where most of my family lives. When I was about 13, I moved to Irvine, California, Um, and I think that probably had the biggest impact on, like, who I am today. It definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things and kind of a healthy way of living and farmer's markets and really getting into um, just, you know, living like a healthy life. And so um, I lived in Irvine through middle school, and then we moved back to Ohio for my high school. and then I went to Ohio State after that. Um, but while I was in high school, my dad actually helped me get a job with a local pharmacist who was the wife of someone he worked with um, and said, you know, I think this might be a career you should consider. And at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, um, but I took him up on it. And this pharmacist was just amazing. Everybody knew her and she knew everybody by name. And she was just like, I don't know, just amazing. And so I just really took so much inspiration from working with her um, that I decided that in the long run, I wanted to be a pharmacist. I knew kind of at that time, though, I was really much more interested in nutrition. So I first did my undergraduate in nutrition and then uh, went on to pharmacy school. Oh, wow. So different right off the bat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yep. So it was a total of eight years then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so having that background of nutrition and the healthy lifestyle from California, how did that impact you throughout pharmacy school? Yeah. So I think I've, al- I've always been different. Like, <laughs> so I started doing yoga when I was 15. Um, and I think that really just gave me a different outlook as well. Um, and in pharmacy school, I think it's just, I was just open. Like I was open to learning everything. You know, I understood why I was there. Um, but I also understood that I wanted to approach things differently. And with the education in nutrition, I really felt that was like 
kind of fundamental to a lot of chronic illness or disease, um, that there was some sort of nutritional imbalance there. So um, it just gave me a different lens to look at things. Um, I also just really enjoyed like all our supplement classes and, you know, the electives that you could take. I love that part. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to hear you say that because I also hear that a lot of schools don't offer electives of that nature. So that's really cool that you were able to take them. I also personally had an alternative and complementary medicine elective that I loved. But, uh, but yeah, I hear that nutraceuticals and supplements aren't really taught in most schools. I know. And that's, luckily I did. I had a really good class um, on that. And even now I precept a lot of students and I have a functional and integrative um, rotation that I do for APP students. And I worked with um, the University of Minnesota. So I'm actually coming out with a functional and integrative elective course for pharmacy students. Hopefully with COVID, it's been pushed back a little bit, but hopefully in the next couple of semesters. So yeah, I hope, I hope things are changing for students and that, you know, they can learn more because when it comes to over-the-counter supplements, I feel like people coming into a community pharmacy do expect you to be an expert because you're selling it there. And really we don't necessarily have a ton of um, education around those things. Yeah. I remember we also had an elective of over-the-counters slash self-care. So that's, yeah, another way of looking at that. And yeah. certainly if you are selling it and providing it in your store, you should be able to counsel on those things and find companies that you trust that are good quality. So um, that are well tested or third party tested. Absolutely. And there's such a wide range of products out there. And that's one of the areas I'm really passionate about. And I work with students on is all too often, I feel like if people don't know a lot about it, they just assume there's nothing else to know about it. <laughs> or like for students, especially, they'll be like, oh, they're all the same. Or, you know, like, oh, I just stay away from all natural products because like a big misnomer or misconception would be that they're not FDA approved. So they're not safe. So don't use any of them. Um, and I try to really have students look at the research and, you know, what is out there. Um, we use a lot of different websites, like databases, like Consumer Labs um, and the Natural Medicines database to really look at what information is out there and take a much more educated approach than just kind of a generalization of all things in that category. Yeah, those are the top two that I'm familiar with also. And I hear all too often that people just don't want to dabble in it, like you said, because um, we just don't know enough, so it's better to stay away than kind of dig deeper and learn more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So out of pharmacy school, after graduating, what were your next steps? Yeah, so um, I went to work uh, at a large hospital and was an outpatient pharmacist there and then was promoted into specialty pharmacy. So I was a specialty pharmacist, and I specialized in um, – when the new hepatitis C drugs were coming out. So really in um, hepatitis C. And then I backed up like oral oncology and transplant and those sorts of things related to specialty. Um, and then after that, I left there and I went to be the manager of outpatient pharmacy services for a different health system um, where I opened, uh, we had one outpatient pharmacy and I opened a second one and started the ambulatory care services. And then I left there um, to be a clinical pharmacist where I am now as well, um, where I work inpatient and outpatient um, and do MTM and all the things. Um, and we also do a lot with supplements. We have an integrated position on staff. So um, we did our fellowship together and it's just really nice to have someone um, to work with like that. So, but that was sort of skipping way ahead. So right after that, <laughs> I did my 200 hour yoga teacher training. Um, soon after that and got certified as a wellness coach because I did see, uh, I was doing a lot of counseling in my first job. Um, and actually I was in a pharmacy that had no drugs. Um, so we were purely counseling all day long. Um, and like on one side patients would drop off and you would tell them about the medication before they even got it. Um, and then they would wait in the waiting room and on the other side they would pick it up and it was tubed from like a production center. Um, so it was sort of a weird setup. Um, but I realized like that there could be a better way to talk with people and to kind of 
help counsel people. And I felt like um, at the time, wellness coaching was the way to do that. So you learn a lot of motivational interviewing um, and some of those techniques like assessing readiness to change. Mm. So I did that and I loved that. And I really did feel that it was super helpful um, just at the time, but moving forward, it's been even more helpful. Um, and then I did my 200 hour yoga teacher training. I did an Ayurvedic yoga specialist training. So I got into Ayurveda. Um, and then I became a Reiki master. <laughs> and then I did the um, Academy for Integrative Health and Medicine two year fellowship after that, um, which really was just wonderful and kind of brought together all of the miscellaneous things I had been doing um, into a more structured training. And then during that time, I found functional medicine. So like a crazy person, I did them kind of concurrently <laughs> with a six-month-old baby. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I did functional medicine through IFM. I did all of their, uh, like the advanced practice modules. And then I sat and did the IFM CP exam. Um, so I think they said I was the 17th pharmacist in the world to get certified through them in functional medicine, which was exciting. So and that pretty much takes me to present. <laughs> wow, that is pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> a lot you. of pharmacists have followed in your steps since then. But yeah. you're a pioneer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, okay, so all of this was happening, like the alternative and integrative and functional world was happening concurrently to you being a full-time pharmacist, as I gather. Yeah. In other practice settings. Yeah. You're having a family and babies and all of that stuff. So that must have been super difficult to juggle. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely hasn't been easy, but I think I, like probably a lot of your guests, really have like that drive to learn. And so for me, I just love like continuing to learn and to teach. And so it's kind of different when you're learning things that you love um, and that you just like deeply enjoy. And I feel like it's really had such an impact on my own life. Um, so it's really been worth it. And I think it's hard, but I always tell myself like, it'll probably never get easier. You know? <laughs> like, so <That's> comforting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but now I am taking a little time. Um, my husband always teases me, teases me like, what, what's your next training you're going to sign up for? And now I am actually taking some time to just kind of absorb it all. I feel like a lot of times we set this bar and we're like, okay, now I achieved it. And you like live in that moment for like a day and celebrate it. And then you're yeah. already like on to the next thing. So I kind of just want to celebrate where I am. Um, I'm also working on my own business. So I'm doing consulting and, um, functional and integrative wellness coaching. Um, so I'm just kind of focusing on that and my podcast. So I host the Nourish and Shine podcast. So yeah. Wow, that is pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So <laughs> the, the fellowship that you mentioned earlier, that was of the integrative nature. It wasn't like a traditional residency plus fellowship of a pharmacist, right? Right. Yeah. So um, it's through the Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine. And it was the first of its kind in that it is a two-year fellowship um, and it's interdisciplinary. So it was myself and one other pharmacist in our cohort. We were the second cohort to go through it. Um, and it was just amazing because we, a lot of the education was online, but then we also flew out um, to Portland, Oregon a couple times a year to meet with everybody in person. So not only did you learn amazing things and get to experience a lot um, during those weeks in person, but we also built such great friendships. And so now, you know, I have um, friends all over the world who are integrative, whatever, physicians or um, psychiatrists or therapists or, you know, all sorts of things. But um, it was just a really neat way to meet people like me um, with similar interests. Because a lot of times in this community, at least to me, I can feel somewhat alone because um, I live rurally. Um, there's not always a lot of people who are like in thinking similarly around me. So it's just really nice to have that group and to feel kind of at home with the people you're around. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds wonderful. I have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a lot. 
so much fun. Um, and you just learn so much. Yeah, there's a ton of programs cropping up everywhere. So it's interesting to see like what people think about the ones they've gone through. Yeah, um, University of Arizona kind of had the first integrative fellowship and they originally didn't allow pharmacists and then they started, but it was kind of a turnoff to me <laughs> that they didn't originally. So um, this fellowship I liked because I love Dr. Lodog. She was the fellowship director when I started and I just admire her and think the world of her and pretty much anything she created, I would probably do. <laughs> but um, she really inspired me. And I think she came from the University of Arizona and kind of saw the need to have a fellowship where more professions could be present. Um, and I thought that was really meaningful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she's well known in the herbalist community as well. Yeah, yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. So, okay. Um, you've done all these things in both traditional settings and uh, non-traditional settings. And so you also have your own business. So how did you kind of like incorporate and build um, all of those things? Was it little by little or, you know, you waited until like you had enough knowledge and skills and then you just like exploded? How did it work for you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say little by little. Um, a lot of it's kind of like just you have to do it. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I struggle with sometimes is never feeling like I know enough. Mm -hmm. um, which sounds kind of ridiculous when you're like, oh, I did this and this and this, but like, oh, I'm not ready. I still need three more different trainings, you know? And my husband always asks me like, when are you going to use what you're learning? And so at some point I had to just get honest with myself and let go of the fear of being, um, criticized or judged for like not knowing everything or, you know, not being like, I don't know, not having that extra training um, and just go with it and start doing something. Um, and I feel like that's been the best thing I could possibly do is just jump in and get my feet wet and just start doing it. And so even with functional medicine, one of the things um, people don't always realize is you don't really have to have any training to say you're practicing functional medicine, which is, a, I mean, that's just what it is. And so I, I went through and did like the IFMCP, like became a certified practitioner and still was like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, am I ready? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there's people who do not have any formal training. Like they've kind of learned on their own, which is totally fine. And like no judgment, but like, okay, I'm ready. Like I can do it, you know? So I think it's believing in yourself and letting go of the fear of not being enough or not knowing enough and really just tying into your desire and your real purpose. Cause I know that I want to help people and I want to work with women who have kind of been on a similar path to me and who are open to like functional and integrative medicine. And so when I think of that, you know, I know that I'm ready. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I see that so often that it happens to practitioners, including myself that um you know still keep on learning and reaching for the next thing and the new thing and an extra thing but still not feeling like they're ready so mm -hmm. i definitely relate and resonate with what you're saying and what you're speaking to and i think it's because we want the best for our clients so we want to make sure that we know the best approach to use and we're aware and educated on all the modalities so that we can pinpoint and cut the legwork and help our client immediately rather than, you know, in a roundabout way or just ineffective ways. So I think it comes from the passion and the care for our client. Mm -hmm. But, um, but like you said, it's like feel the fear and do it anyway, because you already know so much more than your client knows or than the average person knows that your knowledge can help somebody else immediately already. So it's, you know, it's more important to start and then learn as you go rather than waiting until you have all the knowledge because we will never have all the knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, it's also kind of that thing of being a little bit of a perfectionist. And I think a lot of pharmacists are this way, but like wanting everything lined up and like perfect before you start. And sometimes you just have to start. So, yeah. It's like theoretical versus real life you know, the, the practice setting and real life setting just will, will never be 
a perfect world scenario will never fit into a perfect little neat box with a bow on top. Yes. So you, know, you do the best you can. Exactly. So what were your first steps in trying to build your business? So that's a really good question. You know, I think really one of my first steps was just getting a website, um, which I don't know if that's the right first step or not, but that's where I started. I wanted to establish my presence online. Um, so I started a website, you know, um, created my presence on social media um, and then just offered like a basic consultation. So uh, what are your current offerings on, on your website or in your business model? And is yeah. it online or in person? Well, I would imagine right now it's only online. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do your consult typically look like or structured like? Yeah. So um, right now how I have it set up and, you know, this is always subject to change. I'm kind of playing around with it. But right now what I have is a 90-minute consultation and I require that before um, any other appointment type. So a 90-minute consultation, I use Living Matrix to do kind of like a functional medicine assessment of the client. So they get a lot of questionnaires ahead of time. And then it's nice because it pulls all that in and kind of um, puts it into a nice, easy uh, to view format for me. And then, um, so I meet with them for 90 minutes, kind of get the basics, come up with some ideas um, around what they may be interested in working on um, and kind of set some goals with the client. Um, after that, I offer wellness coaching um, and that would be either like a, a four week package once a week or once a month for six months is how I have it structured right now um, for kind of ongoing support and continuing to make that change. One thing about functional medicine is it's not about like quick fixes by any means. When you're trying to get to the root cause of what's going on, you're likely not going to do it in 90 minutes. <laughs> Usually I would recommend doing an, you know, ongoing coaching. And, um, I use coaching, um, as a really nice way to make like long lasting behavior change as well. I also am going to hopefully start soon group coaching, um, which will be nice and more accessible um, as far as price point goes. Plus, especially in this day and age where there is so much isolation, I think it's nice to have a group of people to learn with and grow with. So I'm excited about that. Um, I also offer um, like career coaching for people interested in functional and integrative medicine. Since I have gone through a lot of different trainings, <laughs> I feel like I can help people kind of avoid some of the pitfalls and know what to look for in the different programs. Um, and then I also offer um, pharmacy consultations. So like for pharmacies, especially independent pharmacies in the community who are looking maybe to carry higher end supplements or get into kind of the integrative medicine space, um, I'll do consultations where I will come out and actually work with them. Um, and I can do that virtually as well, but work with them on what sort of recommendations I would make regarding supplements um, that they would carry and provide education to their staff. So that's where I'm at now. Wow, really cool stuff. Yeah. So, so when you did that consult, so you mentioned you have a health coaching component to that. Mm -hmm. um, do you also work in a capacity of a pharmacist, um, you know, and as a provider for some of the visits or is it mostly the wellness coaching? That's a great question. So I met with a lawyer prior to doing this and she really recommended that I work under wellness coaching um, and not as a pharmacist. So I certainly have that knowledge as a pharmacist, but I'm not um, working under my license or like in the capacity of a pharmacist. So um, it, it is somewhat helpful in that a lot of the information we're giving, especially around functional and integrative medicine, really, you don't have to be a pharmacist to provide. Um, so that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's always like a tricky issue with um, us integrative and functional and yeah. pharmacists because we all have um, our licenses with the board of pharmacy in our state. And then each state has different laws and things that you can counsel on and you can't counsel on. And then if you're taking clients that are out of state, it also comes with its own set of uh, little nuances. So um, I also find that it's better to just work in a capacity of a health coach. So, and I have that training as well. Yeah. And I, you know, at first it didn't sit as well with me because I'm like, I work so hard to be a pharmacist, you know, but I think 
um, it really is a, I worked hard to be a pharmacist and I want to protect my license as well. And I think um, keeping the, that separate works well for me. And again, it's what my lawyer recommended. Yeah. And then that also sets kind of um, the bar for payment types because we right. usually will have to be cash based if we're health coaching because most insurances won't count us as like a health provider. Exactly. Yes. And that's very true. And I think you see that a lot in functional medicine. There are certain providers that certainly take um, insurance, but there's a lot more uh, cash pay services. So people are to some degree more comfortable with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And even if the insurance is accepted, a lot of times the co-payments are through the roof and it just ends up costing a lot out of pocket anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping in the future insurances will start to pick our services up as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I definitely agree. And that's something I think, you know, we definitely need to start probably tracking better. Like, you know, they always say like tracking your outcomes and everything, but um, I feel like there's a lot of health coaches out there, but we aren't necessarily like in a coordinated way, necessarily tracking our impacts or like seeing what, what sort of, things we're doing at least the independent ones hopefully <laughs> yeah, yeah you know hopefully yeah, we all like kind of pull our data and get some clinical evidence and numbers and outcomes out there yeah we'll start to take a look and pay attention <laughs> yeah definitely um so speaking of that there's actually a new platform i don't know if you heard of it called farm to table no and so it's a platform to connect integrative and functional medicine pharmacist to oh, client cool. state and uh, work also under that pharmacist provider status in the counseling. And then, you know, all the legal stuff will be hands and, you know, the HIPAA compliant Zoom calls and all that stuff will be handled by the company and the pharmacist can just independently come in and, you know, get clients and offer services to people in their state. Oh, neat. That's really cool. I'll yeah. have to check that out. That's exciting. Yeah, so I just found out about it, and I'm, um, I'm going to be on board with them. So I'm excited. Oh, cool. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. All right, so you have your business set up, and you work in, like, three or four different capacities, which is really cool. Um, what's, like, your favorite part of the job? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know... I would say, I, it's a little bit of a story, but ever since I was young, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, I was one of those kids, I went to like Ohio Business Week, and I just was, I've always loved that component. So I think really my favorite part is obviously like helping, helping women, but also just like feeling like I'm living my purpose. And it's really fulfilling for me to actually be doing something on my own with my own business and um feeling like i'm following my dreams you know so that's probably my favorite yeah i hear that and so what made you specialize in women's health in particular yeah so i think through my own health journey um personally you know growing up i um had an eating disorder when i was in high school and then i had polycystic ovarian syndrome or pcos um, when I was in college, struggled with fertility, had gestational diabetes with my son. So, you know, I've definitely had um, some health challenges. And because of my background and everything, I always tried to look at it um, in a really holistic way and try to do what I could from a lifestyle perspective. Um, and so I felt like through my lived experience, I could really help other people. And I definitely saw the gaps as I went through the healthcare system um, as someone who is looking to do more and not just address like the symptom at hand, but like looking for like, what can I really do to improve my health? Like, this is a problem. Why do I have PCOS? And most people would be like, well, we don't really know, you know? And so I really wanted more than that. And so I dug into the research and, you know, took extra trainings and do all this stuff. Um, and I just hope that I can be there for women like I hope or kind of wish someone could have been there for me yeah totally I hear that too I had my own traumatic events happen to me with over medicalization and just going through for like simple health issues 
and also some um, hormonal and PCOS related issues too myself. And, you know, the only answer was just like, oh, take the birth control pill. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I, I was not happy with that being my only option. And then like right. procedures that they had recommended that, you know, retrospectively, I can definitely see that they weren't necessary. And so I just feel like we would save a lot of trauma, heartache, headache, and money, you know, for the healthcare industry if we focus more on preventative care and like the holistic health picture. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, just the other day, I actually um, did a session with a intuitive, um, a medical intuitive, which was really interesting. And um, she like was looking at the emotional and spiritual and like physical components in an intuitive sense. And, you know, for me, I'm really open to all that and I find it so interesting, but it just brings together like the mind body component and how emotions can really manifest physically. And a lot of that just isn't considered and there's no space to consider it in our traditional medical system. So I think having a whole, whole approach just makes so much sense. Yeah. I think the reason it's not considered is because it's hard to quantify it and Mm -hmm. measure it objectively and so um that's why it's not as researched because it's it's very difficult to research it but at the same time it is very important and we do pay a lot of attention to let's say the issue of pain and pain is very subjective yeah so you know these things are important and they are affecting people on large scales and they can cause anything from diabetes to fibromyalgia to chronic fatigue syndrome to cancer to you name it Mm -hmm. yeah and that's I just did a podcast yesterday with um Lara Adler who talks about um toxins and like environmental toxins and that's another piece that I think is so underappreciated and under like utilized in treatment um, it's just looking at like the hormone disruptors in your environment and, you know, the chemicals that you're being exposed to just in your daily life and how that might be contributing to whatever problem. Like for me, it was PCOS. Um, but I think, you know, there's so much more to it. And of course, nutrition, like that's near and dear to my heart. But, you know, in the short time now that we have to see patients face to face, I think um, sometimes it's difficult when you're being paid by insurance, you know, in 15 minutes to try to address all those things. And most often it's just treating the symptom at hand or trying to appease the symptom at hand, but not really making any strides towards overall improvement in health. Yeah. What I find really admirable about functional medicine is the movement to get to the root cause, like you mentioned Mm -hmm. before. And so I think we have to extrapolate that from the individual level to like a very global sense, because I see over and over again, the same kind of, you know, issues, same kind of health problems crop up and like, they really come in, um, in like these decades, you know, like a decade of cancer, a decade of autoimmune, a decade of ADHD, decade of like mm-hmm. skin problems. So I feel like we're all suffering from this on one level or another, and it's coming out in different ways in different people, but the root causes are all very, very similar. So I think, you know, we have to start looking at the big picture and eliminating or preventing some of the problems that are causing this on such a large scale. Yeah. And that just makes me think Andrea Nakayama of the Functional Medicine Alliance talks about like the non-negotiables around lifestyle. And I think you're exactly right. You know, I'm all for individualized medicine, but there are some non-negotiables that are like the basic lifestyle things that I think all people would benefit from um, and could be really built into um, promotion of health in our healthcare system. Yeah. And also like valued as a society. Yeah. You know, we don't wait till the last minute to take a sick day. We just go home and rest because otherwise we'll be out of commission for two weeks. (laughs) You know, really get sick. Right, exactly. And just, you know, thinking about like the availability of um, organic produce and, you know, like subsidizing those sorts of things (laughs) versus corn and soy. (laughs) So um, just kind of putting 
you know, putting our money where we can make the biggest impact. Exactly. And like the people that have the money to invest, you know, please look out for these causes and get educated and try to contribute because really we're all suffering on one level or another. And if not us, then the future generation will be even worse off, you know, and Mm -hmm. Climate change and all of that also plays a role because the way we grow our food is directly contributing to both the health problems that we're all facing and the climate problems. So the whole earth is facing those. Yeah. And that's, it's interesting raising children right now. I have um, a son who's almost two and a daughter who's four. And like we, you know, we talk about a lot of those things in like a way that children will kind of understand, but just like being kind to the earth and trying to grow vegetables and those sorts of things. And I think it's really neat to see in their eyes um, how they can get excited about it and just, you know, hopefully to be raising the next generation who will understand and care and want to make a difference um, around these things. And I know there's plenty of people in our generation as well, but just to continue that, um, that, hopeful you know force of change yeah planting the seeds Mm -hmm. yep we have our environmental (laughs) flashcards they come out with me and we do like uh for earth day we went out on the beach across from our house and picked up trash and you know we just we try to do what we can um and i try to help them just be aware of things even from a really young age i feel like kids are so smart so Absolutely. And I think that is also a problem. Um, Like the fact that people are ignorant, it's not really their fault. It's just that that's the way we are as a society on the whole. And we don't get that education. If if our parents or our communities that Mm -hmm. provide that, our schools certainly don't provide that, you know, And, and like when we get trained to be healthcare professionals, we don't really get provided that. So it really does start start on the individual level and starting with planting the seeds in our children and whoever's right around us in our little circle of friends and family, but then trying to have that ripple effect and educating as many people as will listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, next in terms of your business and your pharmacy career? What's on the agenda? Yeah. So, you know, I think my big next step is probably continue with the coaching and consulting and hopefully growing that business. Um, also though, really moving into groups. I'm excited about working with people in groups. Um, I'd also like to do some more online curriculum, um, to be able to offer like online courses Mm -hmm. and then like my big dream, which I would just love and hopefully will happen is I would love to read a book, but that's a little further out. (laughs) Both sound really well. Um, so what about that um, program that you're offering to students of the Appies for pharmacy students? Can you talk a little yeah. bit more about that? Yeah, so it's still in the development uh, stages, but some of the students at the U of M were amazing and so supportive and they helped work with kind of their administration to um, advocate for creating a functional and integrative elective for pharmacy students. So they said okay to it. So now I'm working with their curriculum developers um, to come up with a semester long course. I'm not even sure at this point, you know, um, when it will be ready, but we'll have a semester long course in functional and integrative medicine, which will hopefully give students a really good broad overview, um, but also give them the lens, just a different lens to look through and a different kind of toolkit to use. And that's how I look at my training so far is just it's you have more tools in your toolkit yeah I see it the same way so um, will the students have a chance to shadow you in person and kind of like follow what you do in your business or in your pharmacy practice and or because of the whole virtual <sighs> out of COVID do you envision it also turning into more like a virtual program yeah so it's it's planning to be all online right now with everything going on, um, I do take APP fourth year students, so in person for five week rotations or six, depending on the university. But, um, and I'm still doing that. I have a student coming on 
uh, next week, I think. So <laughs> it's just, it's different now. So one of the things I love about my rotation and is, um, and I, I, I hope the students love it. I know some don't, some do, but, um, I really get them involved in our local community and, um, food issues. So we have, um, my husband and I and a bunch of volunteers, um, helped create gardens at the hospital. Um, so we grow, like we have a vegetable and herb garden at the hospital. So I have our students actually go out every week and help harvest. And so we use those vegetables and herbs for our, um, residents, for our staff, like in our cafe, um, so yeah, and for our hospitalizations, but so I get them involved in that. We also have a community garden where I started uh, working with the um, person who runs the community garden that at that site, all the, all the produce that's grown is basically donated to the food shelf. So our students will go out with me once a week um, to the garden and we help harvest and then we bring it back and they help clean it. And then they go down. We have a food shelf on site at our hospital. They actually go down and help people on the days the food shelf is open, help people to select um, some of the vegetables that they've harvested that week. And also to kind of talk about ways that people can use them. So they can see um, some of the social determinants of health. Um, they get experience a lot of, I'm like shocked by how many students have never gardened or like done anything related to growing plants. So they get to experience that firsthand and get a little dirty. Um, and you know, they get to try a lot of the fresh produce themselves because I always, as I'm walking around with them, I'm having them taste things and, you know, just really, really get into it. So it's a unique aspect. They also get to spend time with our functional, or I'm sorry, integrative medicine physician, um, and shadow her on her visits, so they get to see um, a lot of it firsthand. And then with me in like MTM consults. So, wow, I it's a really it's a fun rotation. <laughs> I love the initiative. Yeah. Plus, we read and do a book discussion on Dr. Lodog's book, The Fortify Your Life book, which is so good on supplements. And so we do really deep dives every week into supplements. Wow, really cool. Well, I hope you do get to expand these kind yeah. of educational opportunities to a more, you know, um, diverse audience that maybe like different states, you can like partner with pharmacy schools in different states. Yeah. And I would really love to, you know, to see these kind of rotations thrive and be open to more people. Yeah, me too. I hope so as well. I think that would be wonderful. And I love working with the students. They teach me so much. I think they teach me just as much as I teach them, if not more. So it's really fun. That's that symbiosis happening. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or you could also teach other pharmacy schools how to offer electives like this. I would have loved an elective like this. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you bring up a good point. Like I myself have never been around plants or herbs until I started studying clinical herbalism from like a medical lens. Um, but really, you know, all of us as children, we do have like this connection to the earth and the plants. And we know intuitively that we need to walk our kids outside every day as babies for them to get fresh air and like to have them play in the little, you know, yard outside. But then when we grow up, we kind of like lose that connection with playing with the dirt and like being happy out of nature. And, you know, living in a city, I've lived my whole life in a city. I've never grown my own plants, not even like on a balcony. I barely ever had a balcony. Yeah. So, um, so it's really nice to, if you have the means and the space, um, and if you don't have the space to grow any, anything, to just go out into like hiking, nature, scenic places and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think one of the statistics I re recently posted on my Instagram was that like, I think it's like four hours a week is the average that people are spending outside now. And the rest of the time is inside or in cars. And I mean, four hours total is like <laughs> not, not very long. So I think, you know, spending that time outside, I just took a course. Um, I'm, I just finished my master gardener training. So um, I just took a course through that um, that's called something to the effect of nature heals. And it was all about just like the healing power of nature and the clinical studies actually on the healing power of nature. And 
I was just blown away by what an impact you can have in your own health by literally just taking time to get outside. Um, not to mention like getting vitamin D and fresh air and sunshine and all those wonderful things, but it really is so calming. Um, and just helps blood pressure and depression and you know, all those things. So yeah, it kind of resets us into that rest and digest state. Yeah. And the relaxation response can really be profound in all of our organ systems. And so the science is there and also the intuition is there too, that like it makes us feel good being out in nature. And actually the interview, the podcast interview I just had before you, we talked all about that with this company, Biophilia Wellness. Oh, cool. It's another pharmacist who promotes, um, you know, like spending time out in nature and she's a nature therapy guide. Oh, neat. I just posted about biophilia this last week. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah. So she knew Very cool. biophilia. And so check out that episode. I mean, that episode as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. And also, if you don't have access to growing your own food, you could always find a community garden. Some of them specialize in medicinal herbs. So if you're interested in that or just growing veggies, um, just like getting out there and meeting also like-minded people that are um, interested in these kind of things. And like you said, just tasting the freshness of a locally mm -hmm. grown organic produce and also like watching the cycle of it, you know, from seed to fruit um, is really amazing. Yeah. And even container gardening has come so far. You know, if you even do have a small patio or a window seal, you can start really growing even just a small, a small little container can make a big difference yeah I see like commercials for these tomato sacks so yeah. if <laughs> <there's> a way <laughs> yeah, that's right I think people are getting so clever with ways to grow things now yeah, so it's really fun to utilize the you know growing things from scraps technique from like um lettuce heads and like yeah celery stalks and things like that <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, that's, we just have, I mean, we're right in, um, we're right in town. And so we have a relatively small lot, but we grow so much stuff on just like a small in town lot. And we have um, like two pear trees, two apple trees, a cherry tree, two hazelnuts, two elderberry bushes, like strawberries. We have three blueberry bushes. We grow hops. We like Nice. We're all over the place. We have rhubarb, we have raspberries, you know, but our landscape is really like an edible landscape throughout our yard. So I have like a section of the yard that's medicinal herb. Um, but I mix, generally I mix in throughout the yard a lot of different edibles um, and like different herbs and everything. And we just have a lot of different raised beds and stuff. And that too has been an evolution. Like we didn't do that all in one day. <laughs> and thank goodness my husband's a landscape architect. So he can like totally feed my crazy gardening obsession <laughs> because I can dream it and he can make it happen. So it works out really nice. What a great pair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I really want to visit your garden now. <laughs> yeah. Come anytime. You're always welcome. <laughs> As soon as possible, I'll take you up on it. <laughs> yes, I know. We could visit virtually even if you yeah, want. Right. <laughs> I'll imagine tasting the beautiful river. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending this short while with me and sharing your wisdom and your amazing journey with us. And so if you just have a couple more minutes, I have a few rapid fire questions for us. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what's your number one advice that people can start doing right now to improve their quality of life? Ooh. The first thing that came to my mind was mindset. Um, I love Gabby Bernstein, and the one thing she talks about is the choose again method. And so, you know, if you're having like negative thoughts or whatever, like you can consciously choose again. Um, so that would be it mindset. Yes, yeah, so important. Um, okay, number two, what is your favorite hobby or pastime? Gardening! <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> nice. I mean, you, you seem to have a variety of interests, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we live on the river, so I love to paddleboard and water ski. I grew up water skiing. Um, 
I love swimming it up river and back down and I love yoga um, a lot and meditation and I walk every morning, those sorts of things, but I really love gardening and cooking. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Number three, what is your favorite beverage to drink? Ooh. So like this depends on the season <laughs> and kind of the day and my mood. But today my answer is probably matcha. Um, I have been on a matcha kick. We went on this three week um, cross country little vacation recently where we drove with our kids who are two and four and people thought we were kind of crazy, but we drove like, a, like from Wisconsin to Texas to California and kind of back. Um, and on that vacation, I got really into matcha. <laughs> so anyway, I've been drinking that. I'm traveling with two kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Your energy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's nice. I don't, I don't drink, um, ca uh, ca coffee with caffeine. So I drink decaf ever since I've actually, even before when I was trying to get pregnant, I actually got off of, um, caffeinated coffee. And so matcha is kind of my first foray back into like caffeinated things, but I really like it. Yeah. I mean, I never really drink coffee every day, but definitely I stopped like through pregnancy and breastfeeding so yeah. now I have some like I just get jittery and yes. not right away then like after an hour or so I'll get jittery yeah <laughs> it really tells me like okay maybe maybe I'll stop the coffee right now yeah yeah and that's I drank rasa coffee for a little bit which is like a coffee substitute I don't know if you're familiar it's like an herbal yeah. herbal substitute for coffee but... so it's probably similar yeah. Yeah. And so, some of the substitutes are great, but sometimes, I don't know, a cup of coffee, you just can't beat it. So I do occasionally still have decaf, but yeah, I like, I love the taste of coffee. Just like I, 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 do never, too. I was never one to drink it every day, but after like a nice rich meal, I like yes. a bit of coffee or cappuccino. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So lastly, please tell the listeners how they can learn more about your work and get in touch with you. All right. So you can find me on Instagram at Amy Sapola. You can find me online. My website is www.amysapola.com. Um, I think on Facebook, I'm a Sapola farm D. <laughs> Should have looked at that ahead of time, but just search me and you'll find me hopefully. <laughs> um, and I'm on LinkedIn. So you can find me any of those ways. I'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or any comments, please make sure to send me a message. Yeah, so we'll include all those links in the show notes. And so everybody can just easily access any of those links. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, I had a blast. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And I hope to keep in touch. Yes. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. And thank you for all the work you do. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast, and I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.